Are we live? Of course we're live. People deluded, I'm back again. Thank you very much for tuning back in each and every time. One love to the Twitch gang who are watching this live and direct. Shout out to the YouTube re-watchers. Massive respect to those of you who are currently listening on Spotify slash Apple. Now, welcome back to another edition of the Deluded Podcast, the really and truly podcast, the re- you know, you know, the Deluded Podcast. You lot always give it another name to the point where I forgot it itself. As long as you lot keep coming back and keep providing talking points and whatnot, I'm all I'm all ears, people, and it doesn't really matter. So yeah, appreciate everybody who's currently listening. Obviously, I hope everyone's doing well and safe. While we might be happy, frustrated, sad, or anxious or angry over any footballing result, as much as I love football, you know, very there's very few things more importantly than football. Health is one of them. So I hope everyone's in good spirits. Hope everyone's got their health. Obviously, I extend that to your loved ones now. Throughout the course of this, you know what it is when it comes to this sort of piece of my content. We'll review the Premier League recent round of fixtures. We'll preview the Champions League and we'll talk about any quote unquote talking points that have popped up. So like I said, big appreciation to everybody who's locked in, everybody who's listening and whatnot. And yeah, let's crack on people. Now, where do I start? If I start with Arsenal, I might not finish. So I don't know where to start in relation to the Premier League because, again, Arsenal's result was frustrating. I mean, I know I'm going to speak about it. I'm not going to help my. I'm not going to be able to help myself on that topic. After this, at eleven thirty, I'll be going live on YouTube. So please make sure you're there. I think I've dropped the link in. I've I've dropped the link in in the chat and there's a bag of content to come from me on twitch like today obviously we're speaking right now we're going over to youtube at 11 30 i'm going to be back again at twitch on free at 3 p.m that'll probably be about 45 minutes i'm going to have budge and again for the arsenal fans we'll focus a bit more on crystal palace after that um it's obviously it's it's obviously Champions League. I'm going to be doing Club Bruges versus Manchester City. That's going to be on Twitch live from 5:20, 5:45 kickoff. Then we move over to 8 p.m. Um, where the where Liverpool versus Atletico, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool is concerned. So a jam-packed week of content, a jam-packed day of content. Content never sleeps. So how can I? Our content, our midfield last night, bro, jarring, bro. Arsenal's midfield was jarring, tiresome, gappy. You know, second best, sluggish, you know, didn't look like a functioning unit. And we're going to live or die, but Arsenal are going to live or die by their midfield. And I've said it, you know, midfield is the nucleus of the game. I'd argue midfield's never been more important in today's day and age. Yeah, you do have individual brilliance and things, but games are won, lost or whatever within that middle. And until Arsenal sort out that midfield, we're going to be in problems. Let's not lie. These last two games, we have missed Granite Xhaka. There's been results like that where we've played with Granite Xhaka and we've bottled it, but we have missed Granite Xhaka. But saying that, that's an evil in itself. If your midfield cannot function without Granite Xhaka, where he's not a quality player like that, you're in problems. Arteta was a midfielder, much less so was Edu. And it is concerning. I know there's many different variables. I know... Vieira, the narrative might be different if he's in the job as long as Arteta has been at Arsenal so far. But it feels like Vieira has been there for two minutes and the system has been revamped at Crystal Palace. They're more aggressive. They play better football. They're more technical. We've been here for 22 months under Mikel Arteta and we've seen little dribs and drabs. And at the end of the day, we still are five games unbeaten, but it's not good enough. You know, Odegaard and Partey played for two of the biggest clubs in the world and two of the biggest clubs in Spain. Partey looked lost. Odegaard never, never, never quite got going. You know, we, 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 we it's, 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 it's appalling. You know, it's absolutely appalling what's going on. At the end of the day, we didn't lose. Whenever you stare down the barrel of defeat, it is better to win. 
I mean, to get a point, then to lose, it does feel like a win. But for both teams, the Premier League, they, you know, the Premier League, you've got to finish your dinner. We had two hands on three points, whether we deserved it or not. And then we capitulated. So something's gone on there, as has Patrick Vieira. And you could see, obviously, I think if you swap the swap the, the roles, Vieira would probably be relieved. But I mean, Vieira, based on the way he's speaking, he's not happy with a point. Arteta, I won't say he's happy, but he seems over the moon. And, you know, again, to celebrate a point, being 12th and, you know, really and truly throwing the game away is poor. And this luck is going to run out. We've, you know, we've not played the best against Palace. We've not been at it for the full 90 against Burnley, uh, against Burnley, Norwich, Spurs, um, Brighton, etc. in these games. But at the end of the day, we've got it. We've got results. But at some point, these are going to come back to bite you really and truly. You know, lacklustre was the best way. The only thing Arsenal actually did was score goals and score goals directly or better yet, indirectly from set pieces. It just... To say it wasn't good enough is an understatement. And it's games like that that frustrate me because you've got to... We might as well start with Arsenal. You have to earn the right to play, you know. When you go against a team like Crystal Palace, you need to win the first... You need to win the first and second balls. You have no... You, there's no excuses, you know. You know against Crystal Palace. First and second balls, they're a physical side. They snap at the heels. Like, you know, they're a reflection of Patrick Vieira, you know. Patrick Vieira as a player, in my opinion, people that understand ball get it and people that have seen things understand it, but... Vieira doesn't get his flowers for how good he was technically. People just focus on his grit, his, you know, the dark arts, the nasty nature. And I feel all of what Vieira is as a player is reflected against Crystal Palace. You need to earn the right to play. You need to win your first and second balls. Arsenal failed to do either. You know, Zaha wasn't playing. You knew Palace were going to have an extra spring in their step. And I don't know if Eduard was going to start, but assuming Zaha was going to be on the left and Eduard started on the left, you've given Vieira a problem. We all knew a young French player was going to turn up against Arsenal. He's old enough to remember when Arsenal was actually a competent side. Great game from Eduard. Like I said, we didn't earn the right to play. Maybe if Tini doesn't hit the crossbar if, you know, we finish a couple of chances, the game's different, but that's that's the name of the game. I did feel MacArthur watching it again should have been sent off. First things first, I thought it wasn't malice at the at the at the first um, at the first time of seeing it, but he should have been sent off. If not for a straight red, that should have been his second yellow. If I'm completely honest with you, because again that was poor. But I don't really want to focus on the ref because again the referee and all these all these things they go against Arsenal. The minimum is turning up. The minimum is standing up to be counted. The minimum is controlling any variables that you are allowed to, and we didn't. We didn't play well. We didn't start well. I know we scored and, you know, apart from when they conceded, Palace grew into the game, but we didn't start well. We didn't play well. We didn't look like a functioning unit. Our midfield was too easy to be bypassed. On that topic, we looked extremely poor in the transition. Aubameyang is pressing by himself and when he when other people are joining the press, it's beaten too easily. You know, the defence, I don't think they were bad, but on reflection, Ben White, Gabriel could have done a lot better for the goals. Ramsdale potentially, Tomiyasu had a mare. You know, Tomiyasu, Odegaard, Partey in particular, extremely poor. I think Pepe was okay, but again, okay. Aubameyang, probably the best player on the pitch who started. Lacazette, probably the best player overall. And he made some positive actions. And I think for Arteta, you know, he needs to know when things can and can't work. You need to know when to change the squad. And the last two games, you know, there's been times, many, many a time where we've, Odegaard and Smithrow have played well. Um, Smithrow weren't amazing, but it was better than Odegaard. And I think these last two games have shown maybe you can't always play both. Sometimes you have to switch up the system. You know, we're lucky to get a point, man. You know, what's ultimate gameplay saying? Hopefully we realise that since Arteta has joined, we ain't scored goals and been creative. Bro, that was our second goal we scored in the second half of, 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 of football since Arteta has been here. 
you know. Too many players having a meaty game. And again, it's that typical if Arsenal is going to turn up. Like, where Arsenal's concerned, we knew it, you know. We're playing another quote-unquote informed side, you know. Give all the credit to, to, to Crystal Palace. I do feel there's a lot of... I don't feel the sentiment matches up to what's actually happening because, what, that's no winning eight, one winning the in seven going into that game. You know, I think people, there was a lot of plaudits where it doesn't necessarily match up with Crystal Palace, if I'm completely honest with you. But at the same time, you know, it's an informed side, just like against Brighton. It's an evening fixture. It was technically raining at points yesterday. It's another wet, windy, cold evening fixture where, um, you know, where we haven't actually stood up. We actually haven't stood up to be counted. So, again, if you can't win, don't lose. And we've done that. But it's frustrating in our last two games to get two points from a potential six and dropping four. On one hand, I can't not agree with that because we didn't deserve to get anything from Crystal Palace nor Brighton. But at the same time, it's a thing where rather than talking about how great Crystal Palace was or wasn't or Brighton was or wasn't, it's that typical thing with Arsenal where we've let ourselves down. There's been variables we've not been accountable for. And as you know, we can't turn it on every week. Don't know what's happened in the international break. Don't know if there's a bit of fatigue with players, but it looks uncoordinated. It looks too scripted in the final third. You know, players aren't doing the basics. You know, for me, real game management issues. The manager is one thing. The players are another. Playing the same way. Like, we're five minutes before the end of the half. People are not slowing the game down. And I don't think you necessarily have to be an experienced player due to age, to re um, because of age, to realise that you shouldn't be doing certain things. But each to each to the each to their own. It's as simple as that. So I don't feel we earned the right to play. I don't I don't think we did enough where Arsenal are concerned, people. And if I offer some of some of my notes, of course, happy to get a point. Um key points, and I'm make sure you're all here at 1130, people. Um, well, I say here, go over to YouTube because we're gonna focus a bit more on Arsenal then. Um, like Nightbot has said, for extra live streams and videos, subscribe to me on YouTube. But I feel the lack of key points, again, I feel the lack of creativity is killing us and it's all around the pitch. We don't know how we're trying to, um, you know, create goals. We don't know what we're doing. You know, Lokonga and Partey has to work as a pivot. That has to be something that can work. You know, there's going to be games we're going to need those two sixes, but there's been two opportunities now. It ain't worked. You know, both players shambolic for the mistakes they made, you know, compounded where Lokonga never got going off, off the bench and he made them mistakes. Partey was terrible, you know, really and truly. And individual mistakes on that is something that plagues this team. If it's not Partey and Lokonga this week, it's been Marie and someone else the week before. Chambers this. It doesn't matter if it's the good players or the mediocre players. There's mistakes ingrained within this team. And that's something for the players to address if you looked at the isolated 90. But I feel that game frustrated me because it's a damning verdict of the culture. Yeah, we've had a couple of results, but, you know, if we keep making these mistakes and not looking after the ball, this tells me that we're not respecting it. We're not respecting the dark arts. That tells me that the mentality of this club for the less, less glamorous aspects of the game aren't quite there, really and truly. And obviously, when you don't kill off games like we probably had the opportunity to when we went a goal up, we was we was terrible people. And we're a young squad. This is the naiveties. And it's about reading things. Like, you knew Palace were going to score. First half, they looked like they were going to knock a couple in, you know? So it's down for the boys to read it. So I have to say, what is what is said at half time where Arsenal are concerned. To be fair, I did feel the first five, ten minutes we came out a bit strong. Other than that, you saw what happened, people, really and truly. You know, Tommy Asu struggled as well greatly yesterday. Um, I can't lie, I think Tommy Asu's a good right back, extremely mediocre on the ball. Technically, he was involved in the goal, the, the, the first one, but extremely mediocre on the ball. And 
him and Partey again, more, more, two of our more see, uh, senior players. I know Part um Tommy Asu's been here two minutes, but yeah, don't know what's going on with with Tierney. Not that he was terrible. I don't think Gabriel and Ben White were terrible, but could have done better in the reactive phase to the goals. But it weren't their fault. Midfield anonymous, you know. Sacco did win the corner in the build up to the goal, but Saka and Smith Rowe didn't really do much. You know, Aubameyang's pressing. It looked like Aubameyang of old. It looked like the Aubameyang against Spurs. But if you're pressing by yourself, it's rubbish. Like yesterday was the first game of recent, you know, where I've actually seen Aubameyang and Lacazette both score in the same game, but also get the best out of each other. Like, look how Aubameyang came to life a bit when Lacazette came off the bench. Because Lacazette, he got the fans going. He had one, two little shots, a shot where it ballooned over. But this is the thing. And for me, Arteta don't really know his players, you know. Sometimes you need to keep the score. Like, when we was... When we won our first couple of games, you need to keep the squad together. We need to get points. But sometimes you need to chop and change. And I don't know what's going on, man. Again, I don't want to be too reactionary, but I think, you know, Odegaard's had two games in a row. He's dropped clangers. I don't think he's dropped for Villa. And if you play well against Villa, you become a hero. But his position should be up for grabs, if I'm honest with you. You know, I think Pepe did frustrate, but I think Pepe had a decent game, if I'm honest with you. Tommy Yasu, if there was another right back, maybe that, that's an avenue to look at as well. I can't lie to you, I'm a big fan of Kieran Tierney, but maybe a Tavares needs to get an opportunity. I don't even, I'm going to say it, you know, people, I don't really have too much high expectations for Tavares. Without knowing too much, I think he's going to be fucking shit defensively and a bit of a madman going forward. Like, I'd, you come in as a left-back, I'd probably rather you play right wing at this moment. But at, the, at this moment in time, I don't know how he's training, but surely he's got to be there because I don't know what we're doing. We're not even trying the teeny crossing thing. When we're crossing, no one's following in. We're not pressing. The midfield is like Odegaard is trying to play as a pivot and then he's trying to be a 10. Smith Rowe is pressing. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not turning on Tommy Asu, on Partey, on Odegaard, all the Congo, still quality players, but we have to keep it trill. The main thing for me is the midfield. As long as this midfield stays the way it is with the error-prone players that we have, we're not going to advance, you know. Granite Xhaka is missed, but let's not act like Granite Xhaka is a messiah, you know. He's not, he is to us what Jorginho is to Chelsea, but you get it, people. We're going to be in problems if we're relying on these players. Again, the midfield needs to be addressed and we're smoking the best of moon rocks if we try to go from August until May with these midfield options. Lokonga's still learning the tricks and trades of the game. Need a lot more from Partey. Both got mistakes in them. El Nene mistaking him. You know, Partey, that's been coming because Partey is known to lose the ball on, on occasion and the footballing IQ yesterday needs to be better from Partey. Like, I'll be honest, that's probably his worst game in an Arsenal shirt. Um, Odegaard was anonymous as well. Well, Tommy Asu was terrible, you know, if I'm completely honest. I did think Pepe was okay and so an Arsenal fans, it is stinking of agendas. But yeah, you know, again, we can't rely on the same players all the time. There's still an imbalance in midfield and we're way too open. Poor game management, silly mistakes, inability. You know, it's concerning about our inability for me to play well for a, a proper 90 minutes. Like, you know, we're either, you know, there's a good positive 10 minutes where we're pressing for the equaliser. We either have a positive first five minutes or so where we score. Sandwiched in between, it's a bit of a madness. We still don't understand needing to play well for 90. And I think our manager didn't always understand that. It doesn't matter if you played well for 10 minutes and then after that 10 minutes, you go a goal down or lose. We're a sort of team will focus on 10 minutes and forget about the other 80. It doesn't work like that. Transition was poor. Gaps in midfield. Aubameyang pressing alone. Losing the ball too cheaply. Only thing we did well is score. Um, we have no consistency in our performance, individually and collectively. You know, too many gaps in the whole team. Once again, terrible in the final third. 
I did think Ben White, Gabriel did okay, but and they, and they were set up to fail. But the whole reactionary phase to defending for those two goals was very poor from us. Um, you know, off the ball, I don't really knew what, know what we was trying to do. It's like Pepe off the ball is playing as this not quite a wing back, not quite as a right back. Tomiyasu is extremely narrow. Tierney is quite narrow. Smith Rowe's almost playing like a right winger. Odegaard is vacating his midfield position to kind of join the press with Aubameyang. It's very disjointed, really and truly. It's not really making sense. And to be here for 20, uh, 22 months under Arteta is a ridiculous one. But we did win. We haven't lost in five games. But it's concerning because this luck is going to run out, really and truly. You know, it's absolutely, it's terrible, really. And for me... You know, Villa drop points, we drop points again. We are, and, and that's the thing with the players, you know, as much as I get out of Teta, the inv individual mistakes are ingrained in our team. And if it's not Lokonga and Party this week, it's the next narrative next week. But, you know, these players, I can't really, you know, that is on our Teta because these mistakes keep happening. If you keep making mistakes all over a couple of seasons, that means there's something wrong with the culture or how, or our mentality. That's down for the manager to arrest. But at the same time, I can't really sit there as much as I question Mark Arteta. I can't really sit there and blame him for two players, you know, a Norway captain, a Ghanaian international, two, you know, a league winner at Atletico Madrid. You know, Odegaard's been around for them being anonymous. Can't account for Tommy Yasui playing at a high level with Bologna and Japan, not getting going. You know, Lokonga, Fair enough, he's young, but he's been captain of Anderlecht. He's on the cusp of the Belgium team. Can't make these mistakes. You know, you can't afford to make these mistakes. We can't afford to be this open on the transition. Like when one mistake happens, why does it have to lead towards chances and chances and chances? Really and truly, you know, got, you know, we need work. We need work as a whole team and we're not all the way there yet. And this is what I mean. Arsenal fans need to understand. It's not a winning thing every week. This team is not able to do it. They're very naive in everything they do, regardless of the age. We've got a naive manager. Like even in the game, you could see things needed to change. Like I was doing the live stream. It looked like a game. You bring on Lacazette. I'm not really a fan of Aubameyang on the left. I'm not really against it either, but you put him on the left. You needed two players pressing. I think there's no coincidence. We pressed a bit better. We kind of had had Crystal Palace backwards. Credit credit to Crystal Palace, you know. We and again we didn't learn our lessons against Crystal Palace because you know they they press high, they snap at their heels and things like that. We like they did with Gallagher for one of the goals. We were absolutely sleeping, people. I'm gonna focus more in depth from Arsenal. Um in, in at 11.30 and again you know I did feel Smith Rowe's decision making extremely greedy there was a couple times could have slipped in Pepe we might have been able to done off this game really and truly Um, I did feel you know we were having an extremely high line even when we were on top of Crystal Palace at the start Um, we had an extremely high line and you could see Crystal Palace could break with numbers we didn't learn our lessons and that came back to haunt us really and truly if I'm completely honest with you. And I did feel for Lokonga, you know, you've made the mistake of losing the ball. Take the yellow card, pull the man down, kill the transition of that game. We didn't do it, you know, and that chance there was coming, you know. Again, unbeaten in five, but just two points from a potential six. And both games we've been on the back foot. Both games have been, you know, teams that are in high spirit. Everything's going well and a bit cushy. We still need way too many variables before Arsenal seem to want to win and whatnot, people. So, is quite poor. Like I said, comfortably, Thomas Partey's worst game in an Arsenal shirt. If I'm, pardon me, complete, completely honest with you, if we're keeping it true, if we're keeping it real, man, you know, I, like I said, I'm not turning on any of these players because I believe in Odegaard. Been poor the last two games. It happens. Partey, been poor. It happens. Saka Smith-Rowe, it happens. Tomiyasu, need to wake up a bit, you know, car. I'm still kind of on to you after the Spurs mistake. You, you know, you needed your hand held against Brighton. You look like you wet your pants, really. And, you know, 
We were all running jokes and running banter about how Zaha's ducking Tommy the Tomiyasu test. But boy, you know, God forbid if Zaha was there, what would it happen? Because a couple of times, Palace should have bagged a couple more. Yeah, we could have might have snatched the game if Tierney scores his opportunity, if Lacazette with his other one does well. But could have, would have, should have run up facts. End of the day, it was a mazer in it. We dropped points. We have, we have to deal. We have to deal with it. So yeah, it is what it is. What it is. Sorry, I just had to make a specific timestamp of that. We'll carry on with re with reviewing the other Premier League games, but I just needed you lot to listen. That was the DG therapy and then things there, man. What are you lot saying in the comments? One love to everybody tuned in. Again, make sure you're following, you're subscribing, you're doing all of these things. I shout burner burner from the phone, man. DG Nation and them things there. All right, we might need you back on this show, but you know, you know how your thing is set, man. You're going to have to come here on. Remember, this is a political challenge. Last time you come on my show, guys, all got, let's call it a cigarette in the video. I'm all having to act like I don't know what the hell it is that you're doing. But yeah, to get all your DG merch, hit up the following store like the Nightbot has said. If you're listening or watching on Twitch for extra live streams and videos, subscribe to me on YouTube. I think Arsenal's best midfield would be Partey, Xhaka and Lokonga. Xhaka is a deep-line playmaker. Lokonga and Partey is the legs in midfield. Two eights like Juventus and Perlo, Marquinhos and Vidal. I hear you, but same way, it's going to be meaty, bro. Like, there's no creativity and... We don't, you, as you know, you need to be able to create all, all over. I think uh, it, it probably is. I still believe in Lokonga and Partey as a pivot, but it, these last two games, it's been rubby. You know, Lokonga probably still needs to get up to the speed of the Premier League and really understand, the, you know, the emphasis of not losing the ball. For Thomas Partey, I don't know what it is. I, you know, I do think Arsenal do this thing where. You know, Partey's a good player, but he's not an amazing player. You know, obviously, if you drop off from Atletico Madrid and come to Arsenal, like Ozil coming to Arsenal from Real Madrid, you're going to stand out more. You're going to look like more of a baller. The expectations are different. There's more of a golfing class. But on that topic, you know, it's like Partey is signed for this club and you've forgotten what he is. The man is a six-ball-winning midfielder slash box-to-box -box at best, you know. The lines keep getting blurred. I'm seeing man shoot, create, try create all these things. He looks like a square peg in a round hole. And again, we still have not got a partner for Partey. We still not have addressed our midfield. You know, our midfield still stands for nothing. It can't dominate the game in terms of holding on to the ball. It can't snap at the heels and, 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 and scare away opponents. We can't hold on to the ball, which is a way of defending. Um, so there's still an imbalance. Again, it doesn't doesn't matter who is there on that topic party needs to ask himself some questions because what's going on I can't believe it what was going on yesterday from Thomas Partey you know I don't want to I don't care if people are carrying knocks and they've got fatigues he looks like a square peg in a round hole and Arsenal do this thing where players they come to us and their potential their ceiling might be vague and we start blurring the lines man are talking about Partey is a complete midfielder he can create Lokonga this no you know if they can, let people be their jobs first. You know, let Partey do his job first. What his God-given talent to becoming a professional footballer, which is being a composed midfielder, anything he does beyond that, look at him at Atletico. There's a specific duty. And that's not just party. There's not, it doesn't look like there's a use for anyone. I don't even know what the hell's going on with Tini at left back again. You know, centre halves are centre halves, goalies, goalie. Don't really know what Tommy Asu was doing yesterday. Don't know what Smith Rowe and Odegaard were on. Saka seems in his own world. Pepe was all right, but he's in his own world. Abamian looked like a captain, but again, man, are in their own world. People, it don't look like a functioning unit. It looks like a bunch of individuals. And we play this same way, game in, game out. And where Arsenal are concerned, people. This is why I keep saying in my live streams, we've learned nothing about Arsenal. This is the same things we, 
up until this point this season, this is the same things we saw last year and the year before and every other season that we've sat here and not had a season to remember or anything positive. The good, bad and the ugly. Yeah, we'll come come May, we might get to waffle about beating Spurs and doing this and doing that, but we'll be in a terrible position, you know? On occasion, there'll be times where we've stood up to be counted, we've played well, but the next week it's a completely different team. These players need to understand the hard graft, really. And I know they're a young squad and things, but they need to have a base level of consistency or we're not going to get where we're going. And this is why I tell fans, when you get past the euphoria of, of Arsenal being a shambles at the start of the season, somewhat being OK now, don't let this have a false perception of where Arsenal are at this moment in time. We're extremely shit, you know, like extremely. And the wickedest thing about the Palace game, the last thing I'll say in this live stream in relation to Arsenal Palace is take nothing away from Crystal Palace. Man to a man, they were spot on. Vieira, I see the DNA, you know. I see the DNA. Man to a man, they did what they needed to do. Eduard, fantastic game. Benteke, no goals in seven. He likes playing us. You knew what it was. Elise off the bench did well. <coughs> Colin Gallagher did well as well. You know, MacArthur should have been sent off for the red, you know. We can't account for what Crystal Palace do. We can't account for poor refing. These are factors. But the problem is, way before I talk about these things, I look at Arsenal and, again, the variables we can control. Looking like a function in midfield, pressing together, switching on defensively, man management. These are all things we must have spoken about all week. So why didn't we do it? These are things we can control. And that's the thing. When Arsenal drop points, you need it. You really should be able to just credit the opposition, which you can. But you sit here and you look at the nonsense Arsenal have done. And for me, considering it was an international break, I know a few of you went off and played for countries at various levels. A lot of you had a lot of time to play under Mikel Arteta. You know it's two big games this week, essentially two finals. Had you have got three points, you would have been a point behind United. Um, you know, had you have got six points, that sets you up perfectly but you choked, you know, absolutely bottled and it is what it is. You know, Arsenal keep choking. And this is the thing, you know, people talk about this team, Jamie Carroll saying stuff like we've gone from getting relegated to being the best of a chasing pack. We're not chasing no European place on, with this sort of stuff, you know. It's it's terrible and it's it's the narratives have to change. The good, bad and the ugly. We've seen the bad, we've seen the ugly, we've seen the less pretty and... Until things improve, until we get a base level of consistency, until there's accountability in these players, I don't know because I saw extreme naiveties. Not to drop Benjamin White in it, but when he comes out and says he don't watch football and I see people not winning, not attempting to challenge Benteke, not winning their ones and twos, when one person wins the flick on not following runners, do we watch football? Do we know what Crystal Palace were on? You know, do we know what Palace are about? You've got Danny Ings to come, you know. Do you know about Danny Ings and how you need to be able to look over your shoulder and see him? Do you know about Scott McGinn? Boy, if we don't learn our lessons, this is why we can't do much. And again, no matter how poor other teams are playing, if you want to get Europe, you need to be able to take points. Last year, every team that didn't get Europe or a European place they wanted failed double as hard because you had to try really hard. Every team was taking was not taking points. You need to be able to say, all right, cool, we're, we can be a point behind United. They've got Liverpool. You need to take points. Or Spurs are doing this, Spurs are doing that. You need to finish your dinner. And I don't know what it is, but every time there's time to make some serious headwind, Arsenal choke, folks. So that's why we're in we're in this position, people. This feels like anytime we block a half decent team, a functioning unit, we're in problems. You know, we can catch Spurs on an off day. We can deal with Norwich not offering anything really. You know, 
We didn't deal with Brighton. Brighton need to ask themselves how they didn't put the ball in the back of our net, but we're reactive. We played the very same way. In fact, look, we had to go a goal down to think, okay, cool. You know, let's try and get something. We had to concede a goal before we thought, let's do something, really. The goal was landed on a plate to us because really, we. on watching the game again, the first 20 was probably our most positive, but it wasn't amazing. It was a slugfest. So until we, we address these things... This is where Arsenal are going to be in the position they find themselves, folks. But it is what it is in that regards. Enough about Arsenal, at least until 11.30. Again, please make sure you're all there. Again, content galore, people. In terms of YouTube content, we're going to review Arsenal in depth and speak about Arsenal in depth at 11.30. We've got Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool on Twitch. You've got me and Budge at 3 p.m., 3 p.m. You've got me at 5.20 and you've obviously got me now. So, yeah, keep making sure you're supporting across both platforms. Playing a number 10 very rarely works for us. Truly think 4-4-2 with Aubameyang, Laka, Pepe and Martinelli as our attacking options. Martinelli look good as well. Partey and Albert and Ainsley make the Niles as our centre mids. To be fair with you, Mikey, I hear it. But again, you kind of said it there and it's what we're kind of speaking about. For me, I've always said it, the, the 4-4-2, it could be something. It's looking like we might have to change to that or a three. In fact, saying that though, we haven't lost in five games. So is the formation the issue? I think it is. I'm just simply playing devil's advocate. But you said it there, Mikey. And for me, one reason I'm not for it, it won't be any worse or any better than what we've seen. But the midfield, bro, you know, as you know, nine times out of ten, you're playing three, mans in, three men in midfield in, in, in any team you play in the league or domestically or whatever. You're playing a three-man midfield. Certain people are going to be narrow, get people to tuck in. So our pivots have to work 10 times as much. When you look at our pivot and you consider how naive any pairing we put out there is, when you consider how naive we are as a team, when you consider the fact of we're just, we, you know, we're not doubling down on the other things. It might, it, it might work, especially when we're on top of teams. But again, it could put us in some very, very dangerous territory if that makes sense, broski. So, I hear you, though. I really do. And, you know, it seems like Arteta chops and changes at the wrong times. He ain't chopped and changed this, in this game. But, yeah, man, Partey 27 should know better. Partey was disappointing. Odegaard was ghost. Crazy, man. Do you think Martinelli should have come on for Saka? At the time, I wasn't screaming Martinelli. I was screaming Lacazette. But yeah, man, it could have been something. Martinelli, I, just, I think one underrated thing Martinelli does is cross the fucking ball, bro. Like, like he wants to cross it. Like, just cross it from deep. Make some chaos happen. Hope you're doing well, Frankie, man. Hope you're doing well and safe. So true. They need their roles drummed in. Exactly. You know, you need certain men need to be midfielders first. When you can prove you're a pivot man first, then we can start chopping and changing. The lines get blurred at Arsenal, you know. Again, we start overrating abilities. The lines start getting judged like part, but we don't. If I don't know what it is, because party or the listen, party is not as good as we think he is. And this is a coming from his biggest fan. I love party. He's a good player. He's a quality player. He's one of the best in his position in the world in the league. But his footballing IQ is not as high as we might think it is. He's not at the level we might think he is. He's not going to be a messiah for this club, you know. It doesn't look like it's a multifunctional unit. One love to Andy for also not only subscribing, but also gifting out a community sub. I appreciate that, my broski. Um, and yeah, hopefully someone else is able to take advantage of that. It's frustrating, man. It's, frust it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, you have to live with it, innit? It's just for games like that, it's just frustrating because, you know, you just don't look like a functioning unit or a football team. Good morning, sports fans. How bad can it get before the manager is under real pressure? He should be under pressure like he was at the start of the year. But a couple of 
tactic, good wins, and people shut their mouths. And again, the problem with it, it problem is Arsenal fans lack balance. You know, when we're losing, like we did in at the start of the year, we're the worst team in the world. When we're winning, our Teter and the team, they've turned things around. Everybody's rushing to prove a narrative where the reality is not a damn thing has changed at Arsenal. It's the same team you're seeing from last year. It's the good, bad and the ugly. Yeah, there might be a bit more stability. There might be less chopping and changing, but we've seen us beat Spurs in these games. We've seen us also play terrible. Every, if you consider all the seven, eight games so far, it can only be described as the good, bad and the ugly. You know, where the reality is, the team is has had some improvement. There is a bit of stability, but it's mediocre improvements. There really should be more of a DNA or the DNA we want to see. There should be more competencies. There should be better partnerships. Um, how the back five, with exception to the back five because they're young, but how they tie into each other, how the mid midfield pivots work, how we press from the front, you know, and the mentality of the players because it looked like, you know, when it's games against Spurs, of course you can be up for a London derby, you know. When it's games where there's backs against the wall, of course. But this told me that we thought we could just turn up today and and you know just 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 somehow get something away from it we're, we're making the cheap we're, we're making we're, we're, we're doing cheap mistakes we're not doing the hard graphs you know people are doing the bare minimum i'm seeing a bammy and he's up front he's chasing man down the right hand side it's things like that you know you know palace are a problem on the transition so you should be doing everything you can to disturb it you know it's like the players don't know who they're playing you know, they're going to go against Danny Ings and not a damn person is going to know what's going on. Same way I saw us play Brentford. Didn't know what to expect there. Didn't really know what to expect with Palace. But it's an issue, man. But it is it is what it is, man. Arsenal's players are too naive, man. But yeah, man, we've, we've, we've been very focused on Arsenal. Very focused on Arsenal. Like I said, we'll focus, we'll refocus back on Arsenal at 11.30, folks, man. One love to everybody tuned in, man. Playing front two would have two would have two pressing from the front, then two banks of four. Yeah, but once you beat that press, and like you see, if that midfield is at sixes and sevens, it's gonna be a myth. And you know, you've also got a little focus on the wingers, and you also need your midfielders to split and obviously help out the wingers slash fullbacks as well, especially as these attackers go forward. It can work, but. I I have no faith in anything that's centre mid reliant as long as the centre mid hasn't been there, man. Bro, no Zaha and thought it was easy, bro. Trust me, you know. Not even that. I just, yeah, bro. They just thought they could just turn up. Where long got, and on one hand, I think we've, you know, the Premier League, you know, the Premier League has never been more of an even contest than I've ever thought. We're going to get to an NBA style where everyone that's been in the league can get relegated. People, it won't surprise me in a couple of years if a team that gets promoted from the championship, winning the championship, wins the league in their first year in the league. We're getting to NBA sort of stuff with football. But at the same, and why, why I'm saying that is because I think people need to understand, make no excuses for Arsenal, but, you know, we should have beat Palace. We, you know, all the things I've just spoken about. But at the same time, you're gonna get teams where like where we, we walk away with Brighton, um, you know, with a point happy. You know, we're not able to met, match Brentford, you know, we're not able to match other teams. And it's not just Arsenal, you're seeing a lot of teams have to fight. Look at Leeds when they first came up last year, how much the issues are. That's a that's a byproduct of the Premier League now. But at the same time, it does sound like a cop out. It is a cop out, you know, re re really and really and truly. And Arteta's, I don't know. To be fair, man, off the ball, sometimes it's looking like like a four at the back and then diff many different like partnerships of twos. It's looking like a 4-4-2. Four, four, it's looking like a 4-5-1. It's looking like bare different things off the ball. And I do think if we can't see simply what a system is, then can the players? Is it, you know, is it too complicated? I don't know. 
So we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. But less of the Arsenal, less of the Arsenal stuff and carrying on with the actual Premier League people. Um, Premier League review. Now, obviously, Arsenal drop points. We live to fight another day, people. If I read the results out to you lot, please make sure you're following and subscribing and the rest of all of that good stuff, people. If I read the following results out to you of this game week, people, as, as I said, Arsenal 2, Crystal Palace 2, Everton nil. West Ham 1, Newcastle 2, Spurs 3, Liverpool 5, Watford 0. In the Midlands derby, Wolves came from behind to win 3-2 against Aston Villa. Crazy game where Manchester United were concerned. Leicester 4, Manchester United 2. Manchester City won two goals to nil, courtesy of Bernardo Silva and Kevin De Bruyne handling business. For what it's worth, it was a valiant effort from Burnley, I felt, and it was a committed one. You know, Josh Sargent missing an open goal. Open goal's harsh, but, you know, nil-nil between Norwich and, and Brighton. You know, and I do think a number of them Brighton players showed their street smartness. Southampton, you know, Borgia got his first goal, I believe, in the Prem as they nicked all three points against Leeds. Quite concerning where Leeds are. You know, Leeds are a team I, I think are a big club. I want them to stay in the league. I've got fans of Bielsa. I'm a big fan of Bielsa. But it's, and I might be ignorant saying this, but it just feels like nothing's being said. You know, it's like, what's going on there, Leeds? I know there's been injuries and things like that. Brentford lost a goal to nil against Chelsea. You've probably got more plaudits for Brentford than you do for Chelsea. Now, I feel to give Chelsea respect, you can't sit there and say Brentford's a tough game. You look at what they're doing and then not give Chelsea some credit for getting over the line in a game where probably they should have dropped some sort of points, whether it was losing or whatever. You know, in the first half, I feel it was an even contest. Chelsea, the slightly stronger side. Brentford were right. In the second half, I feel Chelsea, uncharacteristically, you know, didn't know how to manage the game. It looked a bit like Arsenal with we don't know whether to go for a second or sit. And I did feel it was really just Mendy versus Brighton. Like, you know, man, you know, Ivan Tony probably wondering how he didn't score. I'm seeing certain Brighton man do bicycle kicks. Mendy proved his worth and it's an absolute disgrace why Mendy isn't nominated for the Ballon d'Or or them sort of things. I guess you've got to apply an African tax on him because, you know, he, he's an absolute great player and he's shown what keepers can do for you. Strikers might win you games where Lukaku again failed to score and we spoke about that yesterday, but your defence and your keepers can make a difference, you know. Big, big, big performance I felt from Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Bit more quieter in the second half, but I think that withdrawn, withdrawn role is Loftus-Cheek. And I think everybody knows Loftus-Cheek's got quality. He just needs to stay fit. And I want to see him, see him stay fit, you know. Cue the England shouts if he stays fit. So I think Loftus-Cheek had a good game. I think Saar, Mangla Saar, took his opportunity quite well to get a start at Chelsea as well. Um, Lukaku was anonymous, was isolated. Um, but yeah... And I feel Chelsea just not just don't look as good defensively as they did. Don't really create enough clear-cut chances as they have. You know, looks a bit like the system might need to be re, be a bit revamped. It looks a bit predictable for oppositions, as, as much as you can say that about the Champions League um, winners. Shout out to Chilwell, because that was a fantastic finish. And I think he's their second top goal scorer after two and two. Again, they did lack goals and they brought in Lukaku, which gives them that. But at the same time, you know, you can't just expect Lukaku to do the business by himself. You know, fantastic performance where where um I feel Brentford are concerned. You know, fantastic. They didn't get anything. You know, Raya in goal showed his ball playing ability. Pinnock, the best centre half in the league, the Jamaican international, without a doubt, people. Um, Ivan Tony had a good game. You know, if he could just show he can get double figures, he's gonna be a madness, man. So yeah, man, it is it is well, it is where where Brentford are concerned. And you look at the statistics, people, it was an even contest. Chelsea only had one shot on target and five shots, you know. Brentford had 17 shots, seven on target, 43% of possession. So, again, 
you can't always be at it. Chelsea had injuries. They're not at, they, they didn't play the best. They walked away with three points. You know, no Rüdiger there, you know. I do think Aspilicueta um, was killing... On the right-hand side, I think Kante's overcompensating. I like Aspilicueta. I don't think he's finished, but I think he needs to change things up. You know, I think, you know, he's not offering enough in that in that wing role. He ain't got the legs for it. And at times, he's standing, you know, three metres away from um, Trevor Trelleba, Um, and it's not helping him. Trelleba and Ivan Tony had a good had a good battle. Um, but yeah, like I said, Chelsea had injuries. They were second best, which happens in the Prem, and they walked away with a point, you know. When when Brentford matched matched teams to this standard, Liverpool fell to walk away with three points. Arsenal got slaughtered. So you you know you definitely can't rate people for beating a team Arsenal's lost to. It's not really it's not a madness, but they did they did well really and truly. They walked away. Bit concerning for Sal for Sal Niguez. Ain't really seen him really. You know, ain't seen him at all. Mason Mount was a bit anonymous off the bench, and so was Kai Havertz. But they were on the field really, where there was nothing they could do. The game was the game was essentially already wrapped up and whatnot by then. Sal and Chelsea only twenty one, and bro, you have to give them respect because they did it without Thiago, Rudiger, and Alonso. That them things there happen. Pardon me. Need to be able to. You need to be able to get the result. Um, I actually forgot some of the pre. No, I didn't. Sorry, that's. I'm actually getting confused there. But yeah, that's where Brentford and Chelsea were concerned. People, as I said, Southampton beat Leeds, and you know Leeds. I don't know why. What's going? I don't know what's going on. Going on with Leeds people. You know, Timo Timo Livermento had a good game as well. It seems like the Chelsea players are doing well for them. Um, yeah, man, I think Nathan Redman had a decent game as well, um, if I'm honest with you. And that obviously, with that win, the Saints climbed to 15th on seven points and they're one point they're one point clear of 17th place Leeds. And Leeds are in trouble where, where this is concerned, people, um, where that's concerned. I mean, Aston Villa, we've got them on we've got them on Friday and they're going to want to hit back after dropping points. You know, Roma, um, Roman Saiz, Connor Cody, Neves deflected free kick. I think Adama Traore ran the show. I actually saw a bit of end product from him despite no goals and assists. Fantastic comeback. Now, Aston Villa concedes some cheap goals. And, you know, again, it was terrible. I know they had a bad game because nobody's nobody's gassing up Martinez. Martinez hasn't dropped a, an autobiography about Arsenal. You know, Arsenal Arsenal was my first love. They left me and, uh, and now Aston Villa and all of these sort of things. That's I know they didn't play well. They they cocked it up in it. To mess it up, you know, in the last 10 minutes of a game, that's not how you stay in the league. And it's absolutely terrible. They started well, you know, Ings and John McGinn, two players that we need to watch out for, you know. Um, it, on Friday, they did well, but I can't lie. Anytime you see Konza, Mings, Tanshebi in a, de, in a in a defense together, just whether they're in a three or a four, you're always going to fancy yourself. I'll be honest with you. And I'm keen to see Arsenal versus Aston Villa. You've got two naive defenses or naive teams. You know that you know Aston Villa concedes some cha some championship goals at times. If I'm completely honest with you, you know Liverpool ran riot with, with against Watford. Watford were caught cold. You know absolutely ran riot. riot. You know, they ran riot. That's the only way to describe it. You know, Mo Salah did an absolute madness against them. You know, I'm trying to actually scroll up to my notes at the time. You know, I know Watford had injuries, but they were terrible. You know, they looked like League One footballers. You know, they offered no fight. Um, you know, and they didn't even look to test Liverpool's second slash potential third choice keeper. You know, Liverpool didn't even need to get out of second gear. You know, Firmino brace, Mane joins a hundred club, Mo Salah keeps up the agenda for Ballon d'Or and shows he can't be stopped. Spare a foot for Danny Rose. Absolutely he got boiled, roasted, jerked, paused. Um, you know. Every sort of way you can cook something, he got cooked. Danny Rose absolutely slaughtered and he he, he bro, he just he looks a bit overweight. 
You know, he's off the pace. First touch was terrible. He just couldn't get close to Salah. He just got absolutely savaged and turned over. And it's got to the point where to protect any sort of Premier League legacy, you've got Danny Rose. You need to go League One, MLS, start doing this coaching thing, do something because you got absolutely sizzled. He weren't alone, but Padiel Salah just sizzled you really and truly. For Liverpool, they just need to give that man, Mohamed Salah, any damn thing he wants, man. And like I said, it was a good game from Liverpool. You know, Watford had injuries, yes, and all these things, but there's a base level of performance which wasn't there. And I don't really feel you can pick a relegation contender, but it is what it is, really, really and truly, you know. Manchester United against Leicester. Boy, boy, boy. I know to, I know Maguire wasn't fit, but Maguire had a mare. You know, big up Mason Greenwood. Southgate, stop messing about. Call the man up. This man is part. This man is the future of England. You know, get the man up to speed. We need Mason Greenwood. And it's scary what he can become. Absolute lovely goal from him. Mason Green was a quality player. And I know they've got Ronaldo, Cavani, all these guys. I personally think Green was the most important player they've got. He might not sell the most shirts and whatnot. But if I was a United fan, he'd be the most exciting player. And it's no secret, I'm a big fan of Mason Greenwood. He's one of them players that it don't really matter what team you support. If you understand football, you understand that guy's crazy. But apart from that, his goal means nothing as, you know, Leicester came from behind and won four goals to two. It's the same old BS with Man United. They win, lose, and draw the same way, and it's a difficult, it's a difficult um, week for for Oli with at Atlanta and now with Liverpool at the weekend off the back of this. You know whether they've won, lost, or drawn, they play the same way. Can see cheap goals, susceptible to individual mistakes. You know, never quite look like they're in the driving seat. Like Wamba Saka for the last two goals in particular, sleeping. Harry Maguire having a mare in the game. You know, the midfield, everybody, Ronaldo, I don't know if you're playing, you know, Pogba didn't have the best of games, just looked terrible, really. You know, shout out to Rashford for scoring, you know, he's got six against Leicester, he seems to enjoy it, you know. But, you know, United just crumbled, really and truly, in all aspects of the word. Good goal it was from Vardy as well, and Vardy showed his quality, magic from Telemans. You know, it was a good game for the neutrals, but it puts a lot of pressure on Oli Golasolsha. You know, Man United look disjointed, and the minute they get a certified mid, a certified midfield, and the minute they look at a better manager, they're in good stead. Stead. Obviously, I don't want Oli to go though, really and truly. You know. Fantastic ball from Lindelof for Rashford's goal, I felt as well, if I'm honest with you. I have, to, I have to plug him on that one, but it was absolutely terrible. And when you look at some of the words that have or haven't been said, people, Paul Pogba has declared something needs to change at Manchester United following their, following their draw. If I scroll all the way down, you know, to be honest with you, I know statistics are nothing without context, people, but if we give credit where due, you know, that was United's first defeat in 29 games away from home. Um, just to say that, Pogba said, to be honest, we have been having this kind of game for a long time and we haven't found the problem. Bruno's been saying this since last year. If the players are saying it externally to us, what are they saying internally? What are they now saying as the manager? You know, it seems like only um, Gary Neville and all these guys are, are finally starting to criticise their old colleagues. So he might, he might be in trouble, really. Um, Pogba went on to say, we need to find out what's the problem to to stop conceding easy goals, stupid goals. When we know these games where we play on this pitch, the fans are going to push, put pressure on us and everything. We need to be more mature. I think we need to play with more experience, arrogance in a good way. We have to take the we have to take the ball and play our game. But now we have to find out what's the key of these games that we lose because I think we deserve to lose today. We need to find something we need to change something. I don't know if it's the mindset of all of us, the players, where we start. We really don't know. It's frustrating because it's something we don't understand. And we have to find out that very quickly. Because if you want to compete and you want to win the title, those games, you have to win. Even though they are very hard and we're playing away. 
You need to fight. You need to fight their game. You need to find the right mentality, the right tactic to win those games. That's my thought. We have time to think about it. Then all together, we have to stick together and find the problem. Now, for Leicester, there's been, you know, I won't say concerns, but they haven't been that good this season. Now, dipped by their own standards, that can kickstart them. Oli said, I made bad decisions. United fans would probably say, you reckon? He said, the four goals we conceded were really poor. When you concede goals like the way we did, we did, we did, we don't deserve to continue that run. Definitely the performance was below par and not good enough. We got a very good goal with Mason and we were knocking on the door to get another one. Sloppy play and we conceded a goal. In the second half, it was end-to-end, but they created more chances and conceded and conceding at set pieces was disappointing. Um Conceded seconds after the equaliser shouldn't happen. I picked the team. Harry showed no reaction. I hold my hands up if it doesn't work out. Sometimes it doesn't. When you concede four, I probably made a couple of bad mistakes. Man said, probably, probably, you know. <laughs> He's moving mad. Oli, your day's looking numbered, rude boy. I can't lie to you, um, really and truly. Um, so yes, it's 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 all peak where that is where that's concerned. Newcastle versus Spurs, people. That was a good game. Obviously, it's marred by what happened to the fan. We're happy that the fans in good spirits, but you know, so certain man get a new owner bounce or a new managerial bounce. It didn't work for Steve Bruce, or at least it did for about a minute and a half. Wilson scored. It looked like it was going to be wavy. Then Spurs showed their quality. You know, Ndombele had a good game and a crap game at the same time, in my in my opinion. But all the goals Spurs scored were good. Mora can count himself unlucky not to get on the score sheet. You know, Eric Dyer capitulating at the end of the game. I don't know what that attempted header slash whatever it was. It made it look closer than it was really. In truth, apart from starting the first five minutes, second best Spurs were, were quality, if I'm honest with you, and did all they could to win the game. I'm not necessarily a fan of, of Skip and, and Son together, Scott, Skip and um, Hoiberg together. I think they did well. I think the only Spurs player that looked shaky was um was um Emerson Royal. He looked very shaky against Joel Linton and he probably needs to improve. Obviously Harry Kane's off the score on, on you know on the score sheet now people he's got a goal and assist you know Son grabbed back the goal as well. It's easy easy things and for Spurs they're up to fifth everyone one minute they won the league then it's it's sack Nuno now they won. Everton versus West Ham was a good game as well. West Ham deserved to win. Bonner scored now. We did a watch-along for that. Everton, I don't know where they was in the first half, really, and West Ham should have killed the game. Everton did hit back at times, but, you know, they didn't do enough. And it was a good game for the neutrals. I think Mikel Antonio had a good game, you know. I actually feel Awobi was terrible, should have scored. Damari Gray was okay. Rondon is limited. Um, Allen doesn't really offer much beyond snapping at the heels. You know, Pickford's a mare and had a mare, you know, again. This was a good game week in terms of fixtures. But when you look at, if I had to look at teams that started cold in this game, Arsenal didn't start, didn't play well at all, neither did United. But, you know, I, you know, Watford started cold. Everton started cold. Spurs won, but started cold. Why, you know, why did a lot of these teams start second best? Wolves the same. And they smashed and grabbed it. Well, it is what it is, people. To go over the fixtures again, Crystal Palace and Arsenal 2-2. Everton nil, West Ham 1. Newcastle 2, Spurs 3. Watford nil, Liverpool 5. Aston Villa 2, Wolves 3, Leicester 4, Manchester United 2, Manchester City 2, Burnley 0, Norwich and Brighton was 0-0, um, Brentford 0, Chelsea 1, Southampton 1, Brentford 0. I mean, Southampton 1, Leeds 0, apologies people. So, yeah, if we move away from all of that and start looking at the Champions League, obviously something that Arsenal's not bothered in. Um, yeah, 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 get your jokes out, all you fans that don't support us and whatnot. I get it, I get it. Um, but at the same time, there's a lot of interesting games to come. I hope you all, I hope you all, you all joining me for the um, 
Well, sorry, people. I hope you, like I said, I hope you're all going to join me for the watch alongs. Actually, trying to find the t my timestamps, folks. Sorry, so I can make sense of this. Here it is. Sorry, folks. Just making sure we've obviously reviewed the Premier League in the right format. So, yeah, people, away away from all of that. It's Champions League UCL time, people. So, yeah. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, a win would help him against Atalanta, but he's playing a good Atalanta side. Now, I don't actually remember if it's at home or away, but I back United to win that at home. I think he's shaky away from home. Away from home. You know, in terms of the Champions League, you've got Besiktas Sporting, Club Bruges versus Manchester City, which is going to be live on Twitch for me from 5.20. Shakhtar the Nets against Real Madrid, Club um, Club Bruges against City, as I said. Um, Leipzig against PSG, PSG against Leipzig, no Neymar and no Icardi. We're on YouTube, I'll be doing a watch along for this, but you've got Atletico Madrid against Liverpool. You've got Inter Milan against Sheriff. You've got Ajax against Dortmund. You've and to close today, you've got Porto Milan. Tomorrow, you've got Salzburg, Wolfsburg, Barcelona, Dynamo, Kiev, Lille, Sevilla, Manchester United at home to Atalanta, Zenit, St. Petersburg, welcome Juventus, Benfica against Bayern Munich, Chelsea against Malmo, Young Boys against Villarreal. Um, to close to close things up, where that's concerned, people. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting run of fixtures, and it's one that people are gonna to need to win. I think Oli will take center center stage. Um, I'm sure you've all seen as well off topic as well, folks. Um, you know, England have been ordered to play a game behind closed doors, obviously due to the nonsense in the final. I can actually read it out to you. Um, England have been ordered to play their next match in UEFA competition behind closed doors following crowd disorder during Euro 2020 final. Also, bins. Also been handed a, suspe a suspended ban for a second match as well as fined 100,000 euros. UEFA have punished the FA for the lack of order and discipline inside and around the stadium, for the invasion of the field of play, for throwing of objects and for the disturbances during national anthems. And I mean, they've taken no further action against Hungary and Slavia Prague. Apparently, the ban will only apply to UEFA competition. And that obviously means when we play our first match of 2022-23 in the Nations, a match at, at Wembley, it can it will be without fans rather than next month's FIFA World Cup qualifier against Albania people. Apparently, the FA requested a personal hearing in the case, which took place on Monday. Um, so it is what it is. Um, apparently, FA said we condemn the terrible behavior of the individuals who caused the disgraceful scenes in and around Wembley Stadium at the Euro 2020 final. We deeply regret that some of them were able to enter the stadium. We are determined that this can never be repeated. So we have commissioned an independent review led by Baron F. Casey, Cowsley to report on circumstances involved. It's gone on to say they continue to work with the authorities, etc., etc., on that people. But you know, fair play. You know, there was the, there was there was issues where that's concerned. Um, and all of those sort of things. Apparently, people again, I want to stop talking about Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. But apparently, Premier League clubs have moved to block Newcastle United from making lucrative sponsorship deals in an emergency meeting on Monday, folks. Sorry, where before I carry on, um, just so I don't forget. PL clubs, Newcastle sponsors, UEFA fine FA. Sorry, folks, but yeah, again, I've always said it for FIFA for 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 the Newcastle to evolve, they have to explore better commercial commercial um, revenue um, as angles, which sponsors could be, and obviously revamp off the field. But apparently, the clubs have passed a temporary amendment banning commercial opportunities involving pre-existing business relationships known as party transactions 
These deals, these deals cannot be made for the next three weeks with clubs intent on passing more lasting measures in the meantime through the creation of a working party. Newcastle believe that the rule is anti-competitive, backed by their own legal advice and could be unlawful. This includes every club in the league except for Manchester City. Apparently, they are believed to have abstained um, abstained based on strong legal advice that the vote was unlawful and would see the league acting as a cartel. The league is a cartel. Everybody's just, everyone's got problems with Newcastle because Newcastle is going to disrupt things, you know. Nobody wants that. That's all it is. It is what it is, people. Apparently, several clubs were, apparently, better yet, people, um, and apparently, you know, the Abu Dhabi-owned club have been accused of such in the past, so Man City weren't at it. But apparently, the Athletic understands that a leading director outside of the big six clubs gave an impassioned speech in which he outlined that these restrictions have been considered for years. And if clubs truly believed in regulation, they needed to push it through. Several clubs were also shocked to hear that managing director Lee Carnley represented Newcastle at a meeting rather than the new director and minority stakeholder, Amanda Stivoli. He is not associated with the new Newcastle leadership, and so having him as the sole club, club representative while issuing legal advice um, probably is a conflict of interest, people. So it is it is what it is where that is concerned, people. So, yeah. It is it is what it is where that's concerned, folks. Make sure you're following and subscribing, and you're obviously joining me over on... On on to, on on YouTube after this, folks. One love to everybody that's been tuned in. In this, that's the last timestamp of that. What else are you guys saying? UCL business, bro. These clubs need to allow it. They all be doing the same thing if they could. Ronaldo won't bring enough goals in the Prem to justify the amount of goals they leak in the Prem. I think Ronaldo will do his job in the Premier League. The problem is Ronaldo. Um, United, it's a name brand thing. The midfield is imbalanced. You know, past that front three, if you escape that front three, it's imbalanced and it lacks mistakes. And the thing is, if you're going to have Ronaldo, who isn't going to press and whatnot, they need to overcompensate by making sure every other aspect of that system is spot on, which it's not, you know. Suddenly, when you don't press anymore, you know, everybody needs to press 10 times more because Ronaldo ain't going to do that. You know, I don't think Ronaldo's to blame for the issues, really, because Ronaldo's done his job since he signed for that club, really, you know. I can't blame Ronaldo. I think it's a thing of individ stupid individual mistakes. You know, Ronaldo can't account for Maguire. And I think Ronaldo, I don't know if he'll justify his actual price tag and these things as much if you say it about Ronaldo. But I do. you could say bringing him imbalances the team and all of these sort of things. There's legitimate arguments to that. But I think Ronaldo will do his job. It's just Ronaldo. I mean, United are top heavy like they've been. And it's just a name brand thing with their signings. And you can't do name brand in the Premier League. You know, the names might gas people in the transfer window. But when you get to the thick of it, there's issues in that regard. New sponsorship from the Saudis would be from their national airline, I bet. So, but it should be anything, really. You know, anyone goes to Saudi Arabia, they should be able to see a Newcastle. I'll be making sure if it was me, you'd see a Newcastle club badge, really. Love that United fans love Oli, who has won nothing but hated Mourinho, who at least won the Europa League, would have loved to see this United team under him. My dream team is getting destroyed with Luke Shaw in defence. Never seen Maguire hype personally. Salah FC. Interesting comments, people. Interesting comments. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Um, 
it is what it is where that's concerned. On that topic, though, people, I think with, an, with it being an hour, that brings an end to this episode of the DG Podcast. So one love to the Twitch gang for tuning in. One love to everyone watching it on the replay or listening when it is uploaded for Apple, Apple Music and the Spotify lovers. Make sure you're following on Apple Music and Spotify. Make sure you're following me on all my socials, Guna 4 Please join me for my video in half an hour, people, where we'll be over on YouTube and speaking more in-depth about Arsenal and Arsenal's problems, people. So let me drop a link again for you guys to look at in there. There it is. You know, I appreciate that. See you at half past G. Great content. Appreciate that. So, yeah, man, without you lot, this would be pointless. I appreciate everyone who's been helping the um the Twitch gang keep growing. One love, Andy, for subscribing. One love to everyone who's followed in the last hour or so and everyone who's followed in the last um couple recent recent periods people so yeah without you, you look you this would be quite pointless so gonna love and leave you lot man a man said damn i just got on sorry i watched the replay alex if you follow and subscribe you should see the replay on youtube and i mean on on twitch and you'll see me on youtube in a sec people but yeah let me go get a little breakfast quickly before half past my belly is now dying on that note i'm out people follow subscribe and do the rest of it peace out <laughs> Because the noise is that accurate right now. I've been given, like...